last time on Join the Party. Did you know there was a secret hideout below historic Laketon? No one did, not even Aggie. The party broke into the nephew's base of operations, cracking their password of boobs, making a big ruckus and punching some doofuses. They pushed their way into the back room, which was as cold as a walk-in freezer. Inside were pints and pints of ice cream and Ma herself, held in a biofreeze containment chamber. Ma cryptically explained her situation and her and her children's devotion to something called the People's River before busting through the ceiling as her aforementioned biofreeze containment chamber turned into a mech suit. Man, this game is pretty fun. Let's get the party started. At that moment, then you hear the mechanical running of the the Ma mech. Then you hear, and the Knight of Mirrors uh, is holding a hand down to you three. What's the play? Are we going after it? I mean, we gotta. All right. <laughs> and uh, Val just grabs Milo by the shirt. Ah! Oh, you don't even have a shirt on. By the back of the uh, the jumpsuit, and just throws him up to the Knight of Mirrors. <laughs> Yeah, I'll grab onto his ankle and Val onto mine. Amazing. Sorry, Brian. See you later. Take <laughs> take care of Yabby. What, what is happening? <laughs> uh, yeah, Yabby tries to make a break for it, and Get Officer him. Roper like <laughs> moves moves after them. <laughs> the Knight of Mirrors pulls over to I guess someone just has like a dirt bike uh, that they left out. Like, hey, who's riding with me? The other two can grab this. That's my truck across the street. Anyone who wants to can come with me. All right, so how do you want to split up? I think I'm going to go with the Knight of Mirrors. Uh, Milo with me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Milo's going to follow Aggie and hop in the bed of the truck. I I have a seatbelt up here. (laughs) I'm already down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, let's go. (sighs) All right, so Ma is just trucking down the the highway out of town because Historic Lake Town is the northernmost part of Lake Town City. There's just like a road that goes up north towards Canada. Oh uh, yeah, old Canada Road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the highway that just leads out north. So she's just like <laughs> trucking down this road and now with the Night of Mirrors with Val on their Tron bike and Aggie driving and Milo with the bed, you just pull behind them and uh, they're fast and they're gaining. So the way that this is going to work is uh, you all get like a team action together. So you all do something together and then Ma is going to do something and then you're going to roll to see the difference uh, of how the chase goes. Okay. So uh, this is your opportunity to do something. I think Val is just going to, like, if you get me, like, close enough, I can handle this. I can try. We'll spend all of our time trying to go as fast as you can. Yes, please. I can also do spike growth, which will make the terrain in front of Ma difficult terrain. Oh, that'll be useful. Yes. You remember when you used that on us? No, what are you talking about? I don't... You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so during the chase, I'm going to give the Knight of Mirrors uh, advantage on trying to catch up because you spend your whole time going fast. And Milo, do that spike growth. So Milo's going to cast spike growth, and that gives a 20-foot radius circle around a point. 
any creature that moves into that area takes 2d4 piercing damage for every 5 feet it travels, and you have to make a wisdom check against my spell save DC to recognize the terrain as hazardous before entering it. Um, so it. what happens is Milo feels the energy sort of collect this in his body, and then a um, like disc of shadow energy radiates from his chest and lands on the road, and you sort of see it like sort of like melt like tar onto the pavement but then it just Hell becomes yeah. normal looking asphalt awesome all right i'm gonna make a wisdom saving throw yep i definitely do not pass <laughs> <laughs> all right so ma is going to just does not see this tries to run through it and takes a bunch of damage it's 2d4 piercing for every five feet so the Ma mech runs forward 10 feet and realizes that, like, it's all stuck. And it, then the, like, whatever is controlling the mech would be like, Danger! Danger! Top terrain ahead! Turn around! <laughs> and uh, the mech turns around and then runs back. So that's 20 feet. And then runs right at Aggie and Milo and the truck. So it's going to do a bludgeoning ram uh, with one of its arms against Aggie's truck. Yeah, but my truck's a good truck. I rolled a. It is a good truck, but I rolled a non-natural twenty. Oh boy! So so it hits, and it, I'm doing ram, so it gets an extra one d10 for each ten feet it runs. Poor truck. So I I'm not gonna do damage to the truck. I'm gonna just do it to you two to make it easier. So uh, both of you take twenty points of damage. So now I have two HP. All right. Oh boy. And uh, Milo fainted, so I'm down. Seriously? Yeah. Dang. Oh, good. oh boy. All right. So Ma did also travel back. So in the catching up to her portion, it's going to be pretty even. So Aggie, you're still driving and the Knight of Mirrors is still driving. Milo is down. So all of us are going to roll dexterity rolls to see how far or close uh, Ma is going to run away. I got five and I'm setting my final luck point. Nat 20. Whoa! 17. <laughs> all right. So... Can I tell you what I want to happen? Yeah, you are almost catching up to Ma. You are now neck and neck. Well, I would like to, when I saw the mech start to double back, I would have slammed on the brakes so that I didn't completely run into it. And I would like for the truck to kind of like skid around a little bit and for the mech to get kind of clotheslined and land on its back in the bed of my truck. I didn't roll high enough for me to be able to dispute this at all. So yeah, that's 100% what happens. Eat those dice, Eric. I'm gonna... <laughs> uh, so they land right next to Milo, who is now passed out, which I did not notice. <laughs> I am going to haul Milo out to put him in the cab and use the bungee cords that I obviously have in the back of my truck at all times to bungee the mech down using the like holds in the bed of my truck. Yeah, um... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to resist the bungee cords and try to get away. Yeah, make a, an attack roll to grapple it with the bungee cords. For anyone that's curious, my boxers did protect that region very well. <laughs> I'm so glad. They landed next to you. With a nat 20, they were next to you, not on you. <laughs> I only got a seven. All right, well, I rolled a three. So yeah, I, this thing is just like super top heavy with because 
<laughs> of because, the water and the body. Yeah, like it's also melting because it shouldn't, like it doesn't have great coolant as it's also running and it's hot. So it's super top heavy. So as soon as you push it over, you're able to restrain the mech arms. Yeah. You did it. You you caught the mom mech. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was way easier than you were probably planning on Aki being. is really efficient. <laughs> we need to get to Dr. Maros right now. Let's go. I'm going to strap Milo in with the seatbelt where he should have been in the first place to the cab of the, the, the truck. And Val, you can fit in the middle seat if you want to join I, us. I do fit in the middle seat. Um, yeah, the Knight of Mirrors pulls up and says, do you, do you need me to do anything? You actually came in very handy. Thank you. I told you, I'm one of the good guys. Yeah, Aggie, you slam on the gas and the truck, like... Uh, fish tails a little bit in the mud and you are driving in to Lake Town City with your first big capture. Milo, while you're passed out, you're laying on the ground and it's so soft and you look around and you're on orange shag carpet. And there's this orange shag carpet as far as the eye can see and everything else is just white nothingness. And standing in front of you in it is almost a robe, but also like it could be a kimono with a hood up shadowing the face. You see that an arm is reaching out to you and it's the same ghostly arm that keeps messing with you during your spirit surge. And you hear in a voice only from 1960s and 1970s horror movies say you're gonna spend a lot more time here and you wake up to tuna on your chest being like so how'd it go (laughs) (laughs) wow we're now finally on the beach and January is hopping around with those frozen pita coladas on a little tray because <laughs> we made it to the downtime portion, our first one of campaign two. Ooh. Can we go to a hot springs? It's a metaphorical hot spring. It's like in okay. your mind. Wonderful. All right. Well, we're at our first downtime. I'm very excited to do this because I have a lot of fun things planned for all of you. But the way that we're going to do this, I really wanted to separate each arc into seasons. So this would happen during the fall. This was happening during like the peak of fall, I think in September when we first met in the first episode. So Oh yeah, field trip so early in the year. Those kids were so lucky in episode one. Nice. It's like you gotta just get it out of the way early. It's the it's mandatory. Uh, so we're going to like move through the rest of the uh, months of fall and we're eventually gonna end up in winter. But I think first things first, hey, you all leveled up. Oh, Yay, wow. we did. Everyone is level five. So Ooh. why don't all of you tell me the new hot shit that you have that make you uh, stand out? Let's start with uh, Amanda. Yes. So in addition to some um, ability score modifiers, I no longer have negative one charisma. Uh, now I had zero modifier. Which hey, is hey, hey. Um, I got a couple of cool new things. Uh, I got two more key points because you have a number equal to your level. So I now have five. I got extra attack. So in addition to being able to like use my martial arts thing to make an unarmed strike as a bonus action, I can just do fully two attacks uh, without using up my bonus action, which is sick. God, that's badass. And I get slow fall. So I can use a reaction when falling to reduce 
reduce any falling damage I take by my monk level times five. So it's nice. amazing. It's just going to be a lot of Aggie jumping off of buildings in the next. I'm Listen, so for it. I'm into that. I'm in. Uh, let's do uh, Gulia. Cool. Um, so I took both of my ability score points and put them into charisma. So I have plus two charisma now. That's a nice. the most charismatic little punk there's ever been. Uh, There's a lot of intimidation happening. (laughs) There is. I have plus five to intimidation now. So good. There we go. I also got an extra attack just like Aggie did. And I have fast movement, which my speed is increased to 40. Boom, boom. Hell yeah. Nice. And then Milo, what you got? I got all the normal stuff. I put my ability score modifiers into wisdom. So now my spell casting is a plus seven. Dangerous. And my big thing is I get two new spells from my class, which are the first one is Gaseous Form, which I transform a willing creature when I touch everything it's wearing and carrying into a misty cloud for the duration, which is very cool. So basically I get to turn people into a ghost. Um, And then my second spell is Animate Dead, which (laughs) is fucking wild. I get to basically make a skeleton or a zombie and have it be my buddy for a little bit. Yikes. From what I understand of Milo, I'm sure he's going to deal with that responsibly. Mm -hmm, Yeah, 100%. Definitely not going to be terrified of his own creation. Of course not. And he's definitely not going to use this guy to just antagonize Tuna the whole time. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, (laughs) there's definitely the time where you're messing around and then you're like walking around in a park and then all of a sudden like a skeleton like climbs out because it was like buried on an old graveyard and Tuna (laughs) is just like run. It's like, ah! <laughs> yep. But it's fall and it's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, we did discuss that you three are taking on a super heroic bent to how you're dealing with the rest of this story. So I think first things first, and I am not privy to this. At one point, I think uh Dr. Morrow calls a whiteboard meeting for everybody. She rolls out like a giant whiteboard that like fills an entire wall of a room. She's like, all right, well, we can discuss. Let's uh, discuss your your code names, what you might want to look like, uh, what maybe I can bring in a brand consultant if you'd like. Just uh, how how do you want to look as you reveal yourself to the public? We're not going to have a press conference or anything because this is still a secret government experiment. But uh, I think you could look cool. We, We could try to make you look groovy. Do I have to look groovy? (laughs) <laughs> yes, you specifically have to look groovy. Whatever the kids are saying. You know, if if you're looking lit and fizzy, I don't know, are the kids what, saying fizzy? What is I heard fizzy. fizzy. I heard one of the interns fizzy say from? fizzy. <laughs> like you're popping. floofy? No, that that's sounds like something thing. that's not true. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I like to think that this is in Dr. Morrow's study, so this is the one that's like a park, an artificial park. So like you're sitting in a park and there's just like a giant whiteboard and all of you are like sitting on really nice like outdoor chairs while someone else is giving a presentation. It's like you're in a really holistic high school. <laughs> <laughs> so a um, little bit uncertain about this one. I never wore Halloween costumes as a kid because I'm nervous. Uh, it'll be wrong. Um <laughs> So my idea, you know, if I didn't end up being the caretaker here, I was going to enroll in the National Park Service. So, um, you know, that that cutout of Smokey the Bear in in the road leading Tupper Lake, uh, I think um, I think I want to be like the preserver, preserver, if you want to 
get direct to it and um, be here for making sure that our land and our people are preserved from harm. Um, And I... I don't know, I was thinking like a, maybe like a jumpsuit, um, something like that, maybe like forest green, uh, some some kind of, I don't know, cool hat, uh, help, you know, on my, my face uh, shadowing a little bit. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That was just, um, that was just my idea. So uh, I just, thanks. Well, I love it. I think that like, it's great because you preserve us because you do that anti-punch thing, but also yeah. oh, I yeah. get it. preserve because you you punch the people who are doing bad stuff. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. No, that's great. You know, when you said Smokey the Bear, I was worried because Smokey <laughs> the Bear usually has no shirt canonically, just <laughs> pants and hats. I'm, I'm also not a bear, so I thought we were going a little <laughs> bit like fair. artistic with these references. But uh, yeah, like a, a mechanic meets Smokey the Bear is kind of what I'm going for. Uh, ooh, I do like the hat. The hat is interesting. We could turn that into a... I can work on a sort of uh, James Bond odd job situation where they could have a blade on it. That could be interesting. Oh, that could be very cool. That could sort of be like my version of darts. Like kind of throwing it and ooh. boomeranging or something like that. Yeah, I think that would be really interesting. Would you like a Smokey the Bear style hat? Where it's like rounded on all sides. so Because that might give you the most amount of... Uh, being able to throw it and then it coming back and you being able to catch it as if it was a boomerang. Uh, I, I thought the wide brim would be good for kind of obscuring my face a little bit. I could have one of those, you know, things over my eyes as well to to obscure that part of my face. But um, yeah, I think the the wide brim, it's, it's important. You get sun damage out every single day unless you put on your SPF moisturizer and That's most true. people don't. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Would you like to add like a flannel aspect to this too? Because I think it goes with your whole look. I don't know. Uh, maybe in like the the colder months, we can have oh, like okay. a, a flannel, um, you know, external jacket or, or like a flannel lined, um, you know, overcoat. Maybe the the jumpsuit is lined in flannel, and then we have Ooh. a cotton version for the summer with mm. a little accent on the sleeves and the the collar. Listen, that's just thinking ahead. That's just smart. That's that's <laughs> gets cold. Got to have your layers. Long underwear. <laughs> All right, yeah, preserver. Let's put it on the board. And she writes preserver up at the top. All right, uh, who wants to go next? Not, Val, not Val, you're already stamping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure I wanted to be polite to Milo in case he was very excited about his superhero gig. I appreciate that. Pre- okay. You know, presentations in front of people just, like, aren't, like, when it's not, you know, at a museum with an exhibit behind me that I've studied, it's not my thing. I was going to ask because you literally had, like, that is your job, but it's fine. <laughs> Dr. Morrow is like looking down at, at a, an iPad that she's switching through. Is like, yes, I've seen that according to my notes, you have a negative one to charisma. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I do like leather jackets. I know that is like a surprise what? to everyone here. Mm. But I think that, you know, we could make a superhero that also has a leather jacket. I think that is like an appropriate thing. Maybe we could have some sort of emblem on the front or whatever. And then I really like the idea, you know, I, I have the little spikes on this one. But what if I had big spikes? Like big, <laughs> big like spikes like on it. the shoulders. I yeah. love it. Very no, cool, No right? pigeons are going to sit on your shoulders. <laughs> exactly. No skateboarders are gonna grind on your shoulders. Exactly. No one, no one can can mess with my shoulders, and also I can use them as weapons. So Val, 
what I am, I'm understanding here is you want to look a lot like what you're wearing now. And also there's some sort of mask situation happening. (laughs) I like that. Maybe like a utility belt. I don't know if I need a utility belt. That might be more of a Milo thing. He seems like he would have gadgets and gizmos. I don't know. (laughs) I got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. (laughs) That is my middle name. Milo Gadget Gizmo Lane. (laughs) Milo's rooting through his bag and he's like, thingamabobs? I have 20. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, yes, I I would like to look the way that I currently look, but, like, more badass. So, bigger spikes. Maybe we'll do red instead of black for the leather jacket. Mm. And, uh, you know, just uh, some some pants. I could go for leather pants, too. My ass looks good, but I also don't want them to be super <laughs> tight on me. You know what I mean? If you, you can provide your own leather pants. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that's like a tactical thing that you could give me, like cool tactical leather pants. (laughs) You're laughing, Dr. Morrow, but that's a thing. Uh, No, it it will be harder to put pockets on them as opposed to Aggie's uh, situation, but I think that there is something there. Um, You you can make science space gadgets, but you can't put pockets on leather pants. (laughs) Milo, you know as much as I do that... Physics only goes so far. <laughs> anyway, I like I like this look, and then I was thinking, cause like, I I explode sometimes with anger, and also like <laughs> things happen. I was thinking something like Volcani. Ooh. Oh, as the name Volcani. No, I like, like you don't explode in anger. Okay. That's... No. But within <laughs> you is the potential to level a city. If, yeah, if that's okay to say, exactly. I, I mean it as a compliment. I yes. I also all I have right now are my fists, and sometimes I have brass knuckles. So if I could do something with that, that would be very cool. But mm. uh, currently, I am fine with just punching as I am. Interesting. Yeah, these are all definitely things we can work on in the future. Uh, I did see you had a note. Um, did you, like, draw any of these up just from... Yes, there's, like, a sketchbook that Val presents. It's like, here's my <laughs> my ideas. They're terrible drawings. They're awful drawings. <laughs> Dr. Mar is flipping through, and there's just, like, a stick figure with sunglasses on. And it says, like, <laughs> disguise face, question mark? <laughs> She's like, well, what we could do is you could wear some sort of uh, fake, some sort of eyewear that would do similar... Uh, would do a similar thing to a traditional domino mask, which I think would fit more uh, for Aggie, who would have the hat and uh, mask combo there. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I bet we can, I'm sure we can put some uh, eye, eyewear together to disguise your uh, your identity. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. She like writes all this down. She she <laughs> rips out <laughs> your, your, your drawings and puts it in her pocket. Very good. And uh, she writes Volcani. I like that. All right, uh, Milo, what do you what do you have now, Milo? You have been sending me images every day, so I. But you've really been bouncing all over the place. So I really just want you to, as you narrow this down, I'm not really sure which one I should refer to. You didn't. I I. I mean, you shot down my Wolverine thing, so I had. Well, to that start was over. just Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just be Wolverine. Uh, I mean, that why is copy- not? that is copyrighted, and we would have a problem. 
Um, yeah, so, like, uh, I, I was thinking, um, like, uh, maybe I could, you know, hide, hide my face a lot, and body a lot. Um, <laughs> All three of you are my favorite. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I just, I just texted you some, some images that I think might work. Uh, there's, um, Morpheus from the Sandman series he's got a big cool cape that i like a lot mm. uh with a big hood um and then i forgot this guy's name and he, he looks kind of like a roman centurion with a little like logo like an iron man logo on his chest maybe that's maybe in where you could i could control where my my ghost friend comes from mm. um and then like wiccan is like kind of looks more like me I, i'm not really like these big tall powerful guys so Maybe, you know, this, like, futuristic suit, but with, like, big cape and hood, you know? Wicked's pretty cool. Hmm. He also has, like, that space thing going on that you're all about, too. So that's kind of cool. Y- yeah, thanks. Hey, thanks! Those, uh, those like, ombre gloves, I'm, I'm really into it. I like it. Interesting. So I think we have two major things here for Milo. One is face covered, but two chest portal exposed yeah i think so i like that hmm interesting the, the the vibes i'm getting from all three of these are very different like one looks like like you said a roman centurion and the other ones are more are very flowy and chill and some of these are a little bit gothic and i know you you do deal with well i personally don't believe in ghosts but spirits what? <laughs> what? um <laughs> You've seen them. I've showed you them. Uh, doesn't mean I, I... There has to be a better explanation. <laughs> what, uh, what kind of... I guess what kind of vibe are you are you going for? Uh, def- definitely not the Roman, ter- Roman Centurion vibe. I just like his, like... Uh, I liked his uh, chest plate thing more than I liked... Um, uh, terrible billionaire, playboy asshole, Iron Man, uh, capitalist. Uh, his dumb chest thing. It's... <laughs> fair milo i've read your twitter i under i know how you feel about iron man <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely more of like the the wiccan vibe uh just with a with a bigger cape with a bigger cape and face and full face coverage um i think if the hood's big enough i don't have to cover oh. my face exactly you know yeah we could do that have a big cowl yeah that could be interesting yeah all right. And I think if, if I have the big chase, ch- chest thing, like, it's going to direct attention away from the face and towards the chest, you know? For sure. That's true. If you had a glowing chest, I would look at that instead of your face. Exactly. I, I wear green shirts for the same reason. I am told they bring out my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. And then as for, like, a name, uh, I mean, like, I, I'm just, like, spitball here. So, like, please, you know, jump in. I was thinking something science-y, you know, like... Uh, there's like a dark matter or like a charmonium or like um uh i like to kill a nova a lot Ooh, i like Ooh. that one that one uh, yes it sounds it sounds kind of like killer which is great and also yeah, like it's... stars and stuff because you like the space yeah you know it's a transient astronomical event that occurs in a compact binary system when two neutron okay. stars or mm-hmm, a neutron star mm-hmm, and a black yep, hole mm-hmm, merge into each other mm-hmm. yes milo we all gamma. know what a killanova is <laughs> Uh-huh, we definitely do. Balanagi <laughs> make direct eye contact. <laughs> just make faces at each other. You know, and they emit short gamma ray bursts, like, like I burst things out of my chest, you know? 
Killanova. Killanova was also they were just also just discovered after the LIGO experiment. So they're like a, you know a recent astrological phenomenon that we just discovered. So like it's new and it's fresh, you know. Yes, Milo. We all know what a Killanova is. I say. <laughs> I I also bet you could get that handle on Instagram. Yeah, that would probably be pretty easy. The only yes, the only thing I was going to ask if uh, Val, please check into your. Uh, your database, your database, where you keep all of your band names. Just make sure that's not taken. But other than that, I think we're fine. Nova, no, because I don't listen to fucking nerd bands. <laughs> <laughs> all right, wonderful. I love it. Uh, so we have Preserver, Vulcani, and Kilonova. Oh, those that's fuck. a dope team name. Those are dope say. team name. Oh, do we need a team name? No. We could come, yeah, if you would like a team name. I don't know if we necessarily need one. The um, Y-Men. No. No? That's already uh-huh. thing, too. Well, we the Z-Men. See... <laughs> Terrible. We can see uh, as people respond to you, uh, you know, we are not, like I said, we're not going to do like a formal thing oh, that's here. True. yeah. Because it is a little bit, uh, this is going to be a little bit more under the radar, so it, uh, don't feel... Like, you need to, we have to come up with all this uh, ourselves. Like cool. It'll also stick better when other people say it, so. Hmm. I, I feel like making one might invite more speculation as to our origins and who we are, so I, I think just going out with our, our personas would be a good idea. Yeah. Wonderful. I really like that. Hey, it's Eric. It's August, so you know what that means. It's heirloom tomato season! Just get those wrinkly boys. They're green or yellow or red, and they look like your grandfather. And you chop into them, and you salt them, or you put them on a piece of crispy toast with like a thin, a thin layer of mayo, or you put it on a cheese sandwich, or put it on your eggs, or any sandwich. I just also love sandwiches and heirloom tomatoes. So just do that. Listen... August is usually terrible. All therapists disappear. It's so hot and so muggy, but at least we have heirloom tomatoes. Welcome to the mid-roll. Just like salt them and the water comes out and it's just so good. Thank you to everyone who joined our Patreon over the last two weeks. Lucy, Sign, Curtis, Megaflare2, Timo, Anthony, Andy, Jess, Perpetual Platypus, Sheehan, Sarah, Kevin, and Benjamin. We say it every week on the Multitude Shows, but we are so grateful for every single person who supports us on Patreon. All of us are full-time podcasters, and that's large in part to what you do on Patreon, especially as an independent collective trying to make it in this volatile industry during an incredibly volatile time. Being able to count on your support on Patreon is absolutely crucial. And thank you to everyone who stuck around and hasn't canceled after like two weeks after looking at all of our stuff. We really appreciate that. And as a thank you, we produce so much bonus content like bloopers, NPC backstories, and a thriving and wonderful Discord, not to mention an entire full campaign's worth of bonus material from Campaign 1. Today is a great day to join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Our digital live show was a blast. Thank you for everyone who came out and watched us do stuff. We raised $1,300 and counting for Black Lives Matter Global Network. 
We drafted Pokemon we wish existed in real life, made an urban legend from scratch, which is terrifying, and a real place that really exists, solved Encyclopedia Brown mysteries and meddling adults, and heard why Tony Hawk's Underground is the greatest video game of all time. You know, you can watch that video now because of the magic of the internet. We saved it and we downloaded it and you can buy a ticket and watch it now and add to our donation to Black Lives Matter and head on over to multitude.productions slash digital live. You can just buy it. VOD, baby. The world's changing. Get on it. 21st century. Bits. Bytes. Boofs. Wires. Internet. Wi-Fi. Wi fidelity. All that stuff. So head on over to multitude.productions slash digital live. If you listen to Join the Party, I bet you love serialized fiction that brings something fresh to the beloved genre that you might be listening to. So if you haven't listened to Arden, a comedy-slash-mystery podcast loosely based on a different Shakespeare play every season, you need to now. The first season followed a journalist and a detective as they worked together to solve the 10-year-old disappearance of a Hollywood starlet. Season two, this season, which just wrapped up this week, takes the duo to Montana, where they get too close to a mystery surrounding the unresolved death of a rancher. Subscribe in your podcast app or go to ArdenPodcast.com. Listen to Arden. It's incredibly good. We are sponsored this week by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York. Lots of you have been sharing pics of your hauls from online shopping and 20-Sided Store, and we gotta say... Keep doing it, please. We love seeing all the dice that you buy. And yes, we know, spending money on all those clickety-clack rocks that tell you numbers randomly probably isn't the best use of your time and money. But also, it's the best use of your time and money. And if you don't want to spend as much money, you can get 20% off your online order from 20-Sided Store. So just go to 20SidedStore.com and use the code JOINTHEPARTY for 20% off those dice rocks. And send us a photo, please. Finally, we are sponsored by HelloFresh. They are a great way to eat delicious food without adding time and stress to your day. They have vegetarian and family-friendly options, are super flexible, so you can add extra lunch meals or even skip a week and feature 22-plus recipes each week that are already in 30 minutes or less. I love their pre-portioned ingredients, cut out a shopping trip, and let me spend my time cooking rather than shopping, and reduces food waste by just sending you what you need. I could buy, like, an entire pound of dill, but then I'm only going to use a little bit of it, but HelloFresh gives me a little, little bit of package, and it's so nice. I recently made a ginger soy noodle stir fry, which was equally good, fresh, and has leftovers, and leftovers are my favorite food, so it all kind of worked out for me. So try some for yourself and go to HelloFresh.com slash party 80 and use code JOINTHEPARTY80 to get a total $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That is HelloFresh.com slash JOINTHEPARTY80. Use the promo code JOINTHEPARTY80 to get a total of $80 off. Additional restrictions apply, so visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Okay, let's get back to the show. After a few days, Dr. Varro, like, takes photos of all the notes and writes some more stuff down. And I think that uh, you all get packages that show up at your door uh, a few days later. Aggie, you you open up your package. I don't know how she got your everyone's measurements, but Dr. Morrow has them. Oh, I'm sure she's like a biometric scanner when you cross the <laughs> threshold. Yeah. That's creepy AF. Mm-hmm. But, like, in a nice way. But it's for good things. Aggie, I think that you get 
pretty much exactly what you asked for. There was a tailored forest green jumpsuit with like secret pockets everywhere. Like there are a few you can see, but then there's like very small ones that lay flat on the fabric and these like black they're like somewhere in between an army boot and a working boot. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very sleek, sturdy boot. And you get a uh, a very small domino mask. And there is a park ranger's hat. It might be even more a little bit more angular. Like in the in my head, oh, a park ranger's hat is like really like puffy and like rounded. But this one is like has like edges almost. Like it looks like if someone tried to render it in a video game. So it looked like sleeker and cooler. Cool. And uh, as you pick up the park ranger's hat, you nick your thumb on the brim. And as you look at it, there's just like a razor's edge. Aggie whispers, fashion. (laughs) I wonder if the edge can be almost serrated so that like parking spikes, you know, like if you go around it counterclockwise, your fingers are just smooth over the burrs. And then if you go the other way, they cut. Oh, yeah. So if I throw it and it's going clockwise as I throw then there you go. But if it, I like drop it and sushi licks it, like it's okay. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, Val, you take it out and you're like, did my dad drop this off again? Like he's always just buying me stuff from New York City. And then you realize you're when you're looking at this like blood red ox blood leather jacket, there's just like really defined spikes on them. Oh, I'm so happy. And it's like a new pair of leather pants with a note in like a pocket that says like, feel free to wear your own, but here are some new ones if you want to break them in. Tight. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you looking around in the bottom, there's a black glasses case uh, and you pop them open and they're like, if there was a way to make Oakley's look cool, this would be the way to do it. Ooh, sick burn on Oakleys and everyone Got wore them em. in the late 2000s. Well, we're in 2020X, so they're definitely yeah, out of style. It's like it has the reflective lenses and you could, whatever color you'd like. Yeah, I was thinking red to yellow to purple. Yes. Nice. It was like like when on PowerPoint when you do the sunrise uh, <laughs> colored, color gradient. Exactly. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Bang, bang. Yeah, Amanda and I. <laughs> there are a bunch of people that's like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. All right, and then Milo, uh, Milo, you open up your package, and Milo wears T-shirts, and he wears jeans and yeah. Converse, and this is just like, this is this is something else. This is a new choice for you. Oh no, there's it's very it's very flowy. I think that there's there's an opportunity for you again to wear your own clothes underneath, but the things that you pick up are just this heavy midnight blue almost black like when you look up into the stars and you see that like it it, you know there's the presence of no light but you catch like little glimpses of color of like really dark dark purples and blues and like there's even like bruised green in there so what you really have is this cowl that gives you a very like deep hood for you to put your head in and then reaches all the way down to your waist and like dangles a little bit below that. And there's also like there's a tactical uh, shirt underneath. It kind of just looks like what could be an Under Armour athletic shirt, but you can tell you there's like actually some weight to it. And there's a hole right in the center for where your ghost portal might go. You look at the cowl 
you can see that like on the hood there's also some fabric and even like some some like glass or some sort of reflective bits in it so as you put it on and you look at yourself in the mirror it's like it's refracting some sort of light so your entire face is just covered in shadow sick it's very cool and in every single one of your packages there is a very like ornate place card like you might find for yourself at a wedding there's these incredibly gaudy like loops and uh calligraphy uh swooshes to it uh, with your names on it with preserver in dark green with vulcani in dark red and in dark blue kilonova and then under as you open it you'd be like january made these he really wanted to try out some new calligraphy pens. I think it came out pretty good. <laughs> January, January is the hero of this entire story. All right, hell yeah. Well, uh, you are now unleashed onto the city to go fight some crime. So I want to give you some chances to build out uh, some people to uh, rough and tumble with. Uh, Eric, just, just, I do want to say just for everyone who is curious in the listening audience, the first thing that Milo did was put on his head, turn into a ghost and scare tuna. Excellent. Good. Thank you for canonically hitting that. I appreciate it. I wonderful. So we're gonna do something that I've come up with that I think we I want to do every single downtime, which is called the enemy entanglement chart, where you're gonna get a chance to go fight some crimes. So there are gonna be some very quick interactions with uh, some villains that are coming down onto Lake Town City. So everyone is going to get a chance to lead one of these, but all three of you are going to be together during one of these entanglement conflicts. So the way that it works is that I have a table here, and the person who's the leader is going to roll a d10 three times. And then when when I'm going to set up the entanglement, and I'm going to roll on behalf of the villain, and you three are going to swoop in with your leader and then do an action to fight that villain. Depending on who wins this contested role, you're going to have narrative control of what happens. So basically, depending on like what happens, if it's like a one to a three, the winner narrowly wins. If it's like a, a four to, a, to an eight, it's going to be a successful win. And uh, more at like nine or above, it's going to be like a runaway win. You really get clobbered and whoever wins, like wins. Cool. Gotcha. Okay. So is everybody ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. So the order here is their first role is going to be the villain. The second role is going to be the place. And the third role is going to be the scheme they are doing. This is very I'm cool. I'm weirdly nervous rolling this. Okay. First roll. Four. Okay. Five. Crown and another five. In the library. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Oh, God. I'm so nervous. <laughs> It is October, and the NHL schedule is in full swing. The Mountain Lobsters are playing the Nashville Predators, and the Mountain Lobsters look real good this year. They're already up to a 2-0 to lead, and it is the uh, intermission in between the first and second period. Uh, usually, like, I wonder what song they play. I guess it's just like top 40 hits, like people are off like getting food, they're going to the bathroom, but then it all goes silent, and mm. the, the arena goes dark. And you can hear each other peeing in the bathroom. Oh, no. (laughs) The truest evil. And a giant spotlight points down right in the center of the ice, which is strange because there is no giant spotlight that would be in there. Uh, And then another spotlight points down and another one. And there's just like now 10 spotlights are pointing down into the center of the ice. And there's a man with goggles and a white coat holding a, what looks like a Qualcomm tablet. 
and is holding like like an oversized glowing stylus pen. He draws on the stylus, which then creates a microphone, and then he draws more, and there's just like sketches of speakers behind him. And he they grabs the microphone he's just drawn and says, Everyone, bow to the power of Professor Transform! No one has taken me seriously before, but I will destroy this to demonstrate my own power! Everyone cower at the sketching ability of Dr. Transform and his magical Photoshop program! Maybe it's because your name is Dr. Transform. I was gonna say that's a terrible name. Of course, it's no one took you seriously. Maybe we should become superhero persona consultants. It could be a good side income. I don't know. Supplement oh. your pension. So, Julia, how do you how do you all you three run in and bur- burst in? <laughs> Dom Five is the biggest Mountain Lobsters fan of all time. So Val heard about the thing over like the radio or whatever because he was listening to the game at the the pizzeria. Yeah. So. We come running in, and oh god, the ice is so slippery, but (laughs) (laughs) the ice is just so slippery, and Val's just like, how am I going to fight on ice? That's going to be terrible. And then um, Val uses the charger feet, so just zips forward and, like, slides directly past this dude, but ends up, like bouncing off of the walls of the uh, rink and then Mm -hmm. like whacking him from behind (laughs) because I'm going so fast he can't follow I love that (laughs) alright so Julia Professor Transform has a tablet that can warp the fabric of space and time so he has a plus 5 to this roll but since you're using the charger feet I want you to make an attack roll um, and I will give you you can use your proficiency bonus great remember you have plus 3 now to your proficiency bonus yeah, I do. Uh, that's a 24. <laughs> Ooh, baby. All right, well, I rolled a six, so I got an 11, and you got a 24. So uh, tell me how you thrash this dude. <laughs> I I think I just, like, kind of push him to the ground like a bully, and then I oh. stomp on his tablet. Oh, no. <laughs> no, so I'm nothing without the tablet. And then I and then I kind of like grab him by the coat and like spin him around and slide him into the goal. Yay! <laughs> and the the goal alarm goes off. I hundred it goes where 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 and then just like we because it's just programmed whenever there's a goal it goes we are the champions <laughs> my friend. And then Val just kind of jams to that. And the entire crowd is just like you suck. You suck. <laughs> yes, you suck. And then maybe the Zamboni comes out and just push, <laughs> pushes the guy across the ice. The next day, the newspaper headline, score one for the home team. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like a local uh, TV station, like channel seven and a half. That's just like, just like <laughs> the Mountain Lobster's home team got an assist from another masked hero. Good, good. I need to know his name. I'm Marjoram Sweet. And then... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. His name is Marjoram Sweet. Everyone just calls him Marge. All right. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Yeah. All right. Uh, Amanda, roll a 3d10. A six, a seven, and a three. Uh, this is on Halloween. And unfortunately, it's a Wednesday. Uh-huh. So everyone is going to work in their costumes. Even the Sky Tram is just like, 
it is just a constant costume party, including former Vice President Al Gore, who is going as <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> who is going as Captain Planet. Oh my god, I'm so happy right now. Uh, he still goes to work on the Sky Tram because he is a man, man of, the of the people. Man of the people, man of the people. And he goes from his house to downtown. As he gets on the Sky Tram, he says, Wow! It's lucky for me, nobody's on this one. And he walks onto the Sky Tram. Oh, no, no Mr. Oh, Mr. No. Al! Five tall men run in after him, and all of them are wearing uh, white basketball jerseys and shorts. And as Al Gore looks, former Vice President Al Gore looks up, they all have ski masks on. So one of them pushes him up against the wall and be like, Vice President Al Gore, I didn't vote for you. I'm not a hanging Chad, and we're kidnapping you. Cause we're the Crime Jam family, and we're <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, one what? of them holds, uh, it gives uh, Vice President Al Gore, a uh, former Vice President Al Gore, a basketball that has like a comically oversized uh, wick on it. So it's just like one of those like cartoonish bombs that are is painted like a basketball. Oh my god. Very good. Oh no. So uh you three you're going up against crime jam. <laughs> Come on and slam and do a crime and jam. Amanda, how do you find out about this? What do you, how do you bust in? I think either us or Dr. Morrow have some social media alerts set up. Mm. And so when we see uh, the kids exclaiming about, like, Skytram's one of the search words, um, and there are a lot of complaints that we feel to the appropriate offices and make sure that all the stops are served properly. Um, <laughs> of course, obviously. We get wind of this happening, and it is a uh, short emergency Skytram ride away. Um, so all of us, like, hop the tram. It's so efficient. Why doesn't every city in America have this? And we get to the stop that the tram is going toward uh, fairly quickly. Uh, absolutely. I think that at this point, like, Vice President Al Gore is tied up, and now they're trying to record a ransom video. <laughs> Being like, if you don't put up points, and by points I mean money, right now, Vice President Al Gore is going to get slammed into the ground. So, Aggie, uh, what do you and the team do? So this is the order of operations. All of us are at the stop that the SkyTram is coming towards. So it's like, you know, a few feet away. It's coming into the station. And Milo is down by like the access point to the tracks, like right closest to where the tram will start to pass him by. Milo turns former Vice President Al Gore into a gaseous cloud. Um, so he is uh, less vulnerable to damage and busts out the bonds. And I yell at these hooligans and make fun of their jerseys. Um, so they <laughs> they throw more smaller baseball painted bombs at me. And being a monk, I use my deflect missiles to stop them by holding my hand out. They freeze in midair and then turn right around and fly back into the sky tram uh, where they all kind of like hit them in the heads and then poof to the ground. Wonderful. All right. So I'm going to roll on behalf of Crime Jam, who are just some tall dudes who have access to bombs, so they're not that great. Please do a ranged attack roll to throw the bombs back at them. Val turns to Milo and is like, did you know that Aggie's got like telekinesis? That's pretty cool. I had no idea. That's awesome. It's extremely cool, right? Um, Eric, is there an average height guy who's just extremely accurate with the bombs? Yeah, there's one guy there. <laughs> this guy who's who's 5'6" with the name Muggsy written on his jersey, <laughs> who's uh, pointing everyone in the directions who seems like That's only 12. Okay, I rolled an 11. Ooh. So you succeed, but narrowly. So yeah. how does this go down? 
I think I got all but one of the bombs and one of them does explode near my feet and it kind of knocks me sideways. And Al Gore is understandably um, surprised and sort of like isn't sure where to go. And the guys are stunned and the cloud is there. And eventually we get them sorted out where Val and I are able to go in there, tackle them to the ground, tie him up. And Milo takes care of uh, making corporeal again the former vice president. But it's a narrow thing, and there was a real chance that the Sky Tram could have fallen off the tracks or that some of the bombs would have killed either of the attackers or me. Yeah, this was pretty dangerous. And uh, Sky Tram is... Hour. Yeah, Sky Tram is shut down for like a week, and it's really bad. <laughs> people, people are kind of pissed. On the news seven and a half, uh, Marjoram <laughs> Sweet says... The Skyway to the highway is blocked for now because of some basketball bombs. And we're not talking about the NBA here. We're talking about crime. I think this one is not like even credited towards you. I think they more focus on Vice President Al Gore being safe and the destruction and backup of Skytrim. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the real story. Al Gore turns into ghosts. That's the story. I Al-, think- Al Gore magically gets out of bonds. I think it really gave him uh, incredibly even more compassion for global warming and uh, the the plight of the oceans. Being Yeah, being a cloud. <laughs> really understands the whole water cycle in a way he didn't before. Amazing. I'm proud of Al Gore. <laughs> All right, Brando, uh, roll them uh, D10s. Okay. Two. Okay. Two. Okay. And nine. Uh, this is now like uh, mid-November. We're coming up on Thanksgiving, and it's a- another day in uh, downtown LTC. And we see a armored van going to First National, and then driving out to uh, another bank to deliver some cash, theoretically. And uh, there's just like a retired police <laughs> police sergeant who's like 70 and working for the armored truck company. And it's early, he's he's drinking a coffee, but he's done this run like 15 times before. So he comes up on an intersection, there's a pedestrians that walk by, and uh, he takes a sip and he looks up and there's one particularly strange looking man who's just like, seems to be made out of dirt or clay. And but he was like, eh, weird things happen downtown. And he takes another sip of his <laughs> coffee and he looks up. And then there's, he has a buddy and there are two of them. And then he takes another sip of his coffee and he looks up and there's four and now 10 and they're not clay. It seems to be like terracotta, like they're terracotta warriors and then surround the armored car. One throws open the door and throws them out on the street and they bust open the back. And you see that there is like in traditional Shogun armor with a mask and a katana uh, walks up between the army of terracotta warriors and throws open the back door and he takes off his mask and it's just like a 35 year old white guy (laughs) and he says the emperor has always known there are secrets here secrets that have been buried in first national bank but I the emperor with my traditional Chinese knowledge oh that's not oh that don't even go together I'm going to learn it. And uh, he roots around in there and he like throws, there's like piles of money that he'll just like throws off to the side. And then he op- picks up a manila folder and he kisses it. It's like the crown jewel I knew was here. Milo, how do you three bust in? 
So uh, the three of us are planning our Friendsgiving, and we're at the grocery store next to First National picking out the heritage breed turkey that we're going to have. <laughs> yeah, Milo, you called you ahead. You have to have an antipast platter. I don't know what to tell you. You have to have one. <laughs> that out of buffalo mozzarella? What do you want me to do? Like the pre-ordering or get the burrata. Aggie's there eating like a green olive for the first time. Like this is, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> And then we hear the like vague threats of a horrible white man from across the street. Because those, can be, <laughs> those can be heard at any distance. Mm. And we're going to uh, run over there to help. And I think. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. Okay. Milo sees the situation where there's like these tons of little like uh, terracotta warrior guys. And Milo's like, oh, there's so many of them. And he's gonna cast animate dead on all of the meat carcasses in the grocery oh store. Oh my god! <gasps> what the oh fuck? Oh my god! <laughs> and then he's gonna call Tuna and have Tuna be the general for this army of the undead <laughs> meat products. Amazing! All right, Milo, what is your Arcana? Plus four. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I'd, uh, for this, <laughs> uh, for this, yeah, we're gonna roll. I'm gonna roll plus four because the emperor is pretty has a lot of terracotta warriors. So you're gonna roll your arcana. So we're gonna go up against each other. Cool. I got a twelve plus four for sixteen. Okay, pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay, uh, I rolled a nat twenty. Fuck. Oh. oh shit. So this is the one guy we didn't want to win. <laughs> I know. We could have made nice with Professor Transform or whatever the fuck he was called. <laughs> Professor Transformer. Yeah, so the entire, I think like the entire meat aisle just like then comes stomping oh out of the grocery store. <laughs> just thinking about those turkeys waddling. Oh yeah, God. and I think. There's a cow or two, too. Yeah, and I think that the terracotta warriors like are scrapping with like the turkeys and the chickens, and there's like they had a bunch of pigs that they ordered, like full <laughs> pigs that they ordered just in case people wanted them for Thanksgiving to do something non-traditional, and like there's a pig just like a, a, a pig just running through, like barreling through a terracotta warrior, and I guess you're watching Tuna uh, lead the charge. It's glorious, but you don't see uh, the emperor slip behind the battle line and get you one-on-one, -on -one. and he uh, has his katana, and you know, for someone who probably bought it at an anime convention, he's pretty good with it, and it's deadly. <laughs> so he moves quicker than you anticipate and slashes you uh, across the chest, and before you get a chance to react from this incredibly quick sword slash, he's disappeared, and eventually the terracotta warriors just kind of fall over and crumble. And the animal spirits go free to live a happy and peaceful life in the fields forever. And the animal do, spirits go free. That's the next order we give them, me and mm -hmm. Tuna. Yes. So Milo plops on the ground and sort of like heaving is like, oh, I was going to entangle. We were going to lecture him about his choices. Yeah, we probably should have. Aggie uh, does some healing hands on you and uh, shakes her head. Uh, that night on Seven and a Half News, Marjoram Sweet is about to report on the story, and then there's a uh, a man in a suit like comes on screen and taps him on the shoulder and whispers into his ear, and Marjoram Sweet says, "No news today. Strange." <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I said it, Julia, I said it was government secrets. Yeah, very funny. (laughs) All right, so uh, we are done with the entanglements. Congratulations, you have three new enemies. Uh, You put away Professor Transform. Crime Jam, they they did get away, but uh, Vice President Al Gore thanks you. And the Emperor is now, is still at large. Let's uh, move a little bit forward. It is now Thanksgiving. It is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And I Yay. think all of you can all be at your friend's giving. Hey. Hello. Milo brought a pack of peanut butter chocolate stouts to share. Ooh, excellent. I'm assuming this is at Aggie's house because I have yeah, a studio apartment. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's a really nice studio apartment, though. It is. And uh, tuna and sushi are, are touching noses on my on my couch as we Aww. prepare the food in the kitchen. It's extremely cute. <laughs> um, just some uh, cleaning up questions. So we didn't we haven't really touched on it, but Ma and the nephews, I think. Dr. Morrow just said, we'll take care of it from here as you drove up in Aggie's truck. Did you guys ever follow up with uh, Emily? Yeah, uh, so I think... Just be, you have to be honest, but I do I do want to know. Yeah, I I think Aggie, the, the day after they met with Dr. Morrow, texted Emily and said, like, listen, um, appreciate you getting us all together. I don't think we can work together but i i'm happy to to stay in touch and i'm i'm glad you know you texted me emily texts you back and says oh wow it's kind of surprising uh, i don't really see it the same way that you do but i respect your opinion uh smiley face i think aggie would have left it at that and just uh, reported to the group thread cool. uh what happened at some point, Milo ran into Emily at the grocery store, and she confronted Milo, and Milo was just like, oh, yeah, I dropped my, I broke my phone in a in a battle thing, and I had to get a new number, and then he turns into a gaseous cloud and runs away, floats away. That's fine. Yeah. You're in a grocery I, store. What are you doing? <laughs> Mr. I, the ghost didn't come out of my chest. He like turns into like steam coming off of the, the hot bar. Uh, oh, Brett, no. uh, make a stealth roll for me, bud. <laughs> and then he smelled like broccoli for four weeks afterward. Ugh. I got a nat 20. <laughs> Brandon, now? <laughs> that's that's what you get it. it's fine. I get it. <laughs> Whenever I have good. to get out of an awkward situation, that's when I that's when I Fair pour on stop. I like that Emily's like <laughs> Milo disappears and she's like, I really respect that guy. <laughs> 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 All right, so Aggie, I assume how do you and your siblings keep in touch? Uh, we have a group WhatsApp because some of them live in different countries and every permutation of siblings in their own group chats. So, mm. like, I have one with each of them, and there's like, all three of us in all the combinations. There's, like, dozens and dozens of group chats, and then Cute. one with our parents as well. Cool. I think that the main the main sibling group chat has just been blown up about, like, plans. I assume all of you are trying to meet up for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because it's a Friendsgiving, so this is before, so you guys can do... Yeah, You all have familial obligations, so I assume mm-hmm. you are all going to do that. Also, Hank, like, deep fries a turkey, so you're not going to want to miss that. <laughs> He's only lit the lot on fire once. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aggie, your uh, the O'Hare sibling group chat blows up, uh, which Quinn has renamed to Bunnies a few uh, days ago, and no one has had the heart to change it. <laughs> That's very cute. <laughs> 
And Regan... Uh, uh, oh, you mean my siblings, Aggie, Danny, Cassie, Regan, Ryan, Kelly, Quinn? Yes, those. Uh, Regan <laughs> posts a link to an Average Bear Reports article. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And the, uh, the headline is, Lake Town City Super for More Ways Than One. And it's written by Tegan Murphy. Oh, no. Oh, no. That um, was just oblivious eating some managot at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Milo, you want some? It's real good. I made it myself. Oh, hell yes. Fill me good. up. It's not Thanksgiving without managot. I think Aggie looks at the message and then freezes and puts her phone on the table for them yeah. to look at. It's early November in Lake Town City when the compelling smells of hot apple cider and a cold snap stalking down from Canada are a perfume throughout the city. The smell was everywhere, in your clothes, your hair, your truck. But it could also linger in your cape, if you had one. I know this firsthand, as the cape of Flyboy tossed gently like a flag on a pole during a private conference in the auditorium of Lake Town City's tallest building, the Thornhill Building. Flyboy hovered, his feet constantly a few inches above the ground, alongside a team of masked defenders. Oh my, oh my God. Did <laughs> fucking this Sour Anthony name himself Flyboy? Flyboy? Come that is on. the worst name I've ever heard. Oh sour Anthony's a better name than that. Yeah. The leader, Emily Slaughter, leaned against the podium with her full weight and delivered a speech that it seemed she had practiced in the mirror for years. She touched on oh, justice, right. peace, honor, and power. But everyone's eyes were locked on the katana strapped to her back, radiating a soft purple glow. Or maybe it was the perfectly trained moose who she had introduced as taxonomy. <laughs> what? Oh my god. That's a better fucking name than Flyboy, though. That is. Who belched a, right you are, eh? In a Canadian accent when Slaughter... <laughs> when Slaughter this hit... This laughing out loud into character. <laughs> <laughs> when Slaughter hit a particularly prescient point. Or, once again, it was the smell of leather from Flyboy's bomber jacket and his fluttering cape. Oh, and fucking, fucking Sour Anthony stealing my leather jacket. That's bullshit. Capes are so impractical. They <laughs> so are impractical. a risk. Leather jacket and a cape is tacky. <laughs> and that's why I've gathered you all here to formally introduce us, the Up Country Keepers. Anyone else of the powered variety who is here for the cause is welcome to join the Keepers and our cause. Tegan then summarizes the rest of the conference, and there are some quotes from Emily of the origin story of the Up County Keepers when they stopped a breakout attempt of the nephews from jail. And there's a quote of commendation from the uh, Lake Town City Chief of Police. The mayor's office also gave a quote that said, uh, we're not in the powered business, we're in the city running business. <laughs> uh, but there was an emphasis, Tegan notes, to refer to uh, the mayor as Mayor Dr. Morrow. <laughs> 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 the writing continues. There must be something in the water up near Lake Town City. What was once a sleepy summering town only a few short decades ago is now a bustling metropolis. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lake Town City Pride. <laughs> Go Mountain Lobsters. It was kind of in the water, but now it's gone, so 
We have the cleanest tap water in all of the city, all of the United we States. We provide New York City with its water. <laughs> they really ought to respect that more. And it seems to be constantly churning out a number of famous residents. Uh, Dr. Mayor Cassandra Morrow, of course, hometown hero for its brightstone of the NHL team, the Mountain Lobsters. And let's not forget the O'Hare siblings. Oh, it's you. Oh, nice, shit. nice, 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 nice. Photographer and local resident Danny is a Guggenheim genius. Cassie has over 100,000 followers on her Instagram devoted to impossibly realistic tattoo designs. Twins Regan and Ryan have two number one hits and two gold medals between them in country music, Olympic swimming, and the X Games, if you're counting. Kelly is a working model and frequent RuPaul drag race judge. And Quinn is finishing her run as Viola in the Twelfth Night in Shakespeare in the Park. And of course... There is Aggie, oldest sibling and official representative of the historic Laketon District in the northern corner of Lake Town City. It was said that this was the place that Dr. Morrow discovered diaphragm, the element that is the basis of so much technology we see today. But does diaphragm just make better people? All I know is it's very fortunate to grow up in a place like this, Aggie said with a sigh as she drove me around in her old school pickup truck. Uh, my siblings are really fortunate to have found stuff that they're good at that makes them proud. A lot of Olympic athletes, by the way, come from this town. Lots of famous artists. There are a lot of people who've gone on to academic careers. I found something I'm good at that makes me happy. Did you say all that? Aki, you don't even sound like that. <laughs> no, I. they they showed up at my truck. And I, I wasn't going to just let them stand there on Main Street. I just took them around. And I, I didn't know. That was months ago. Some of her siblings had a different idea. Yeah, man, I ran around in a zero-degree winter cold when I was five, said oh, Ryan, fuck. as I caught him for a few minutes in between laps. Uh, I got on a sled when I was two and a half. That's why I'm the way that I am, not some Lake Town City stuff. At this point, he popped his shirt off and turned towards the pool he would soon do ten rounds in, hitting a new personal best. That's Ryan. The swimming, <laughs> you know, maybe it was from the water. Either way, I'm a specimen. Whether it's radiation or whatever, I'm crushing it. It's good for the sport, good for the world. Someone's got to crush it. Aggie, no offense. Your brother kind of sounds hot. He, uh, I just want to put that up there. I don't know if you want to go there, but we can have Listen, a discussion. So are like half the people that I've dated, but what do you know? Uh, you should ask Aggie about all this, Quinn replied via email. She's the best at explaining it. And ask her how I should fix my toilet. It's running again. She hasn't texted me back. When I replied that she hasn't texted me back either, she said, and I quote, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not all good things climbing out of the water. Crime is on the rise. Unnatural creatures have been seen in Lake Champlain and the woods beyond. And it's not all of these powered individuals are taking Emily Slaughter's side. Coupled with the government site that up and vanished right before Lake Town City's boom, and the years of persistent rumors in Little Italy of a resurgence of organized crime make for some mysteries that are still waiting for an unmasking. Tegan then points to the rise and falls of the docks in terms of organized crime and the mount when the mountain lobsters started being preserved uh, and how that changed. Uh, the recent bank robberies, including the First National Bank auction hit and how they were stopped by the upcountry keepers. And now we're at the final paragraph. Questions still remain. Is there a connection between the new masked fighters and the tradition of excellence in the city? Are the heroes meeting the new villains, or are the villains meeting the new heroic demand? And is this what Mayor Dr. Morrow always wanted as a new tomorrow, or is it just 
another experiment that got out of hand. Uh, Tegan Murphy is a New York City writer who uh, has written for Esquire, GQ, and Teen Vogue. They live in New York City with their three cats and five hedgehogs. Before I get incensed about this, Tegan's a good writer. Tegan is a very good writer, and this is extremely damaging, but I want to read it again because it was good. Aggie, have you tried the managot yet? It's extremely good. I don't know what that is. The potatoes au gratin are also my dad's recipe, and uh, he's real proud of them. Okay, I'll try some of those. I don't have to know what it is to enjoy how it tastes, I guess. Nice, and you have your wonderful, weird, blended Friendsgiving. If this was a comic book, it's like you get one panel like looking out from uh, the street into Aggie's house of just you three chowing down on this food. And then we look up at the tree, which still has a few like fall leaves on it, and they finally all fall, and it's truly starting to become winter. In upstate New York, you don't ask if it's going to snow. You ask how much. You ask how long. It is inevitable, like time and taxes and the cowboy in black being the bad guy. It doesn't matter what you want or what you are planning on or what you have already. You are going to get this snow because it's for your own good like nature intended. It's winter, so you get a metric ton of snow. Happy December. The weather knows better. We are just humans with our limited capacity and only five fingers. The snow freezes the fall decay into place, which makes the environment so much greener and sweeter when the spring breaks through. It is a break. Nature has a bigger plan in mind. Even if it looks bad, now it's mandatory. I'm sure there is a metaphor here for being a hero, people think. And then they get distracted with love and parking tickets and hunger and board games and justice and which superhero would be the best dancer. As E.E. E. Cummings once wrote, probably while wearing two scarves and those crackly little heat pockets in both gloves and boots, the snow doesn't give a soft white damn whom it touches. So stop asking it for empathy and maybe this year you can receive it with open arms and a ready written thank you card. And this year, this winter for Lake Town City, that big white everywhere, there is a second present. There is a big mouthed growl a footprint to match, and a splotch of sticky red on white. Mm. 